So it's day seven, Sunday, January the 23rd, 22nd, 23rd, 22nd. Um, sitting on top of um, a little rocky mountain, sheltering behind a boulder and an acacia tree, just trying to kill um, the wind so it doesn't ruin the podcast. But it's uh, the shadows are quite long. It's uh, 22 5. We've got an hour till uh, sunset and uh, another long day, but another uh, another amazing day as we progress southwest towards Jeddah. Um, delighted, first of all, to say that um, Anna's on the mend, still not 100% and coughing endlessly in her tent at night, poor girl, but, um, but uh, much, much better. Um, so we're all moving in the right direction in terms of, uh, of, of health. Um, Reem and I left the camp this morning at just about an hour and a quarter after sunrise, about eight o'clock-ish, and uh, several hours more progress across an enormous flat plain which just seemed to go on and on and on, really, and, and, and the features on the other side just didn't seem to get much um, closer. But whilst we were doing that, um, Anna put up the drone and uh, filmed us and if you can hear a high-pitched noise in the background to this recording that's the drone up now um, but then she and Alan went back to the um, site that we where we discovered the, um, the 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 old ancient axe heads yesterday which was such an exciting end to the day and uh, unsurprisingly um, because yesterday when we found those axe head, we were in a rush to find a campsite before it got dark. With a bit more time on their hands and uh, slightly different angles to the sunlight, they found many, many more. So it was clearly a, a really um, prolific um, site, probably a place where people manufactured um, hand stone axes because there were just so many of them in such a small location. So we're not going to share the location with anyone other than uh, the team at the Ministry of Culture and the Heritage Commission here in Saudi Arabia and Michael Petralia and his team who work on the Green Arabia uh, project. The, um, all of the axeds remain in situ. We don't, don't remove or touch anything. But what, um, what did happen sort of early afternoon today was that we, we ha we've travelled all day, I would say, until about two o'clock um, without seeing a single living thing, human, um, camel, nothing, just a real expanse of desert and uh, totally deserted desert. And uh, uh, But eventually we reached a, a road and, uh, and we turned left along that road to find a small uh, petrol station, uh, which thankfully had some fuel because it's pretty remote and they don't always have fuel. Uh, but it also had a, a um, uh, a, a mobile phone signal and we were able to use that to post some images of those artifacts onto social media and uh, fantastic literally within five minutes um, my question can anyone any experts out there shed any light on how old these things are that we found yesterday uh, we had our answer from the experts and uh, the answer is um, amazingly between two to four hundred thousand years old possibly even older so those things that we stood over yesterday um possibly half a million years old and i find it 
incredibly difficult to comprehend all of that uh, that enormity of time so uh, again just I think like I mentioned in my podcast yesterday I I did walk when I got out of my sleeping bag this morning I walked quietly back I didn't want to wake the others I walked quietly back to the uh, to the lake bed and uh, I stood over the hand axe that uh, one of the main ones that we'd found yesterday and just uh, just tried to imagine who had squatted there making chipping that and shaping that 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 tool and the hand that last held it and uh, just very very uh, fantastic moment Philby never mentioned any um, I mean he, he traveled through an area of, of extraordinary um, archaeological uh, heritage but he, that was not one of the things that really grabbed his uh, grabbed his attention but much much else did uh, and, and, and uh, you know he described this vast um, tract of land over which Reem and I have trekked today and then Alan, with Alan and Anna we covered more ground in the vehicles this afternoon when we reached this this road um, uh, he described um, the highland tract of the immense steppe of Shifa and that's what we've walked across today uh, with the exception of a few low hummocks scattered over the gravel plain not a landmark was to be seen in all its expanse until we came into view of the sand barrier of Uruk al-Sabai. And that's where I'm sitting right now, because this is the last great challenge, driving-wise, really, um, in our progress southwest to Jeddah. It's, a, it's an enormous line of dunes. Philby uh, estimated... So he, Philby camped pretty much here on December the 20th, 1917. And as far as he could work out by talking to his Bedouin companions these line this these dunes that I'm sitting on now 70 miles long so imagine where you live and find somewhere 70 miles away and it's nothing but enormous sand dunes between here and there without a road and uh, so that's that's where I am right now and uh, 12 miles across that was what he estimated so you know it's it's the end of a long day we're all tired you know being in the sun really does drain your energy um so we all do sleep very well at night and, and to try and cross this final barrier now would be probably tempting fate and we do not want to get the vehicle stuck and have to get sand ladders and shovels out at this time of the day. So we're going to, we've we've just nosed into the sand a wee bit, about a kilometre, we found an old Bedouin track, we've turned up a little valley to shelter us from the wind, we're going to camp here tonight and uh, recharge our batteries and then um, work our way through, try and work our way through this band of sand called Uruk Sabai first thing tomorrow morning when the temperatures are lower. When the temperatures are lower the sand is harder so it's easy to drive but also it means when you get stuck it's just not such draining work trying to dig people out and push and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Philby reached here December the 20th, he camped just on the, uh, on the edge, we're not sure exactly where he camped um, but he described this vast plain that um, Reem and I walked across this morning um, uh, by saying the storms of winter and summer pass over it unarrested from the Hijaz mountains they're the mountains that lie ahead of us beyond these dunes between us and Jeddah to the Najd highlands those are the big mountain mountain after mountain lines of mountains that we've crossed over the last four or five days and rain falls upon it but at rare intervals the showers which had drenched us so recently had left this place dry and it was said that this vast arid plain had had no fall of rain for several years. And, you know, 
I suspect that might be the case now because there was not a single indication. There wasn't a single bit of greenery anywhere. Lie on your tummy, get down to ground level and have a look, you can't see anything green. So it probably probably similar situation today as it was in 1917. Everywhere, Philby said, was the same unvaried desolation of gravel. Black and brown and grey, with never a bush and scarce a blade of withered grass. Yet they tell of years when the flocks and herds of the Bedouins swarm over the steppe to graze on the luxuriant herbs which a light shower draws from its virgin soil. Well, there's absolutely um, no sign of that uh, today, so it was, it was nice to get to the end of the plain. And here we are, we're in a good position for tomorrow. Um, I think we're beyond hand axe country now, um, but uh, the key for tomorrow is to um, overcome this barrier of the uh, Uruk Sabai. Um, probably now we are two days away from a settlement called Kurma and uh, four days away from the large settlement of Taif and, and we're going to stay at this altitude of about three to three and a half thousand feet for the next two or three days and then a real upward slog to Taif which is at about five and a half six thousand feet above sea level and Philby spent a couple of days in Taif so we're looking forward to seeing the community there and possibly having a wash which might be quite nice after seven or eight days um ornithologically and uh if you listen to the podcast you might know that I do try and keep a note of the birds um uh, today was fairly sparse to be honest there, there was not much in the middle of that enormous plain of steppe um, and the wind was so strong that the sand was really flying pretty unpleasantly so not, a much, not much around until we stopped for lunch and uh, uh, some swallows like we have at home a couple of swallows flitting around which was lovely and uh, a beautiful harrier uh, glided past uh, whether it was a pallid or a montague harrier I'm not sure but a beautiful silver harrier with black wingtips glided past but now it's uh, all silent there's not a bird singing the only sound I can hear is the wind whistling through the trees around me uh, within an hour the uh, first um, stars will be out and we'll settle down for another night night seven we're just about 75% of the way through now our journey our heart of arabia journey from alagir to jeddah so try to make the most of absolutely every day i've no idea whether i can send this podcast out now um we did drive past a gold mine about 20 minutes before we entered the sand and i think i did see a flash of a bar on my phone so i'm going to walk to the top of a nearby hill and see if i can pick up a signal to send this podcast out